Well, hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. I'm your host here at the intersection of faith and culture. And today we're gonna tackle some issues directly related to faith and culture, including what do we think about transgenderism? What does the Bible say? That's really the question, not what do we think, but what does the Bible say about transgenderism? How do we refer to people who decide they change their names legally? What do you think about men who are claiming now that they can chest feed, which I find disgusting? I mean, hello, uh, spoiler alert. And also we're gonna talk a little bit about camps for children, Christian camps for children and sleepovers. Uh, this is Mailbox Monday, stick around. I think you're gonna be encouraged. I'm glad you guys have joined me today. Thank you so much for those of you who came out to hear me at the California Home Educators Association, the Christian California Home Educators Association in, in uh, Downey, California. What a fantastic opportunity that I had to be there and to speak to you guys. So thank you for coming out and letting me hug your neck and pray with some of you and just hear what God is doing in your heart. Keep doing the thing that God has asked you to do. I'm gonna say it again, God is at work. He's at work in this generation. We do not need to be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And uh, I don't think there's been a better time in recent uh, history to be a Christian because where the darkness is pervasive, the light shines brighter. Uh, I wanna focus on the issue of transgenderism today because it's been in the news that the CDC, which is, I'm sorry, a corrupt, disgusting, a woke organization that pushed the vaccines during the pandemic. I noticed that Johnson & Johnson has quietly removed their vaccine from uh, being able to be available to people now because they've had so many issues, not the least of which has been uh, blood clots and high blood pressure. And again, I hold the government and the CDC and many of the government agencies responsible for this horrible uh, oh, abuse really of these agencies and how they are abusing the American people. And the Centers for D Disease Control, I'm sorry, is just a woke company that cannot be trusted. Last week, they came out and quietly said that men can breastfeed, which we know is a lie from the pit of hell. And I would like to ask a very serious question. Who is keeping track of the injury that these little tiny brand new babies are sustaining at the hands of mentally ill men who have fetishes about breastfeeding babies. I'd really like to know because I saw a video of a man who claims that he's a woman, he identifies as a woman and he claims he's breastfeeding. He was holding up a bottle of white liquid that he was able to extract from his breast. And we know that that white liquid is not breast milk. We know it is full of hormones. It is basically poison and shame on the CDC for allowing little children to be subjected to this. It's disgusting, it's immoral, and it should be illegal. And I would like to see every single one of my listeners standing up against this and saying, absolutely no, with a capital N, no more of this. The CDC should be defunded, it should be shut down. It was bad enough on the Rona, and now they're saying that men can breastfeed. Uh, this is disgusting. And so the question becomes, you know, what does God think about transgenderism, what do, what should we? What's the position we should take as Christians? Well, we know this is a very very complex issue, right? It's all over the culture. It's affecting medicine. It's affecting entertainment. Uh, it's affecting uh, all kinds of things. Athletics, religious liberty. For goodness' sake, we watched you know Riley Gaines 
who had a, a medal basically stolen from her by a biological man. Uh, the Netherlands just crowned a uh, Miss Netherlands is actually a dude who I'm sorry, you guys, to say this out loud, but he just had his penis cut off just a few weeks before this competition. And now he's presenting as a woman. He's not a woman. He's a mentally ill man who has gone to the trouble of castrating himself so that he can present as a woman. And now he just stole a, a trophy away from a woman. And he calls that victory. You know where the victory was? The victory was being found in the transgender community who is absolutely stealing things from biological women that should belong to them. Uh, if there ever was a patriarchy, uh, that's it. But we got to be thinking about this. Christians can't run from this issue. You got to be thinking about it. You got to be talking about it. And we need to be honest about it. Jesus said that we are called to be both loving and truthful. We must not sacrifice truth on the altar of a misguided mercy, which means that the church needs to be involved in these discussions. They're very important discussions, and they're going to require our full attention. And so when people say, well, um, I, I was just assigned a particular sex at birth, no, your sex was, quote, assigned to you by your creator God the moment the egg and sperm met and a unique code of DNA that was created in that a genetic code was created at that time that has never existed before and will never exist again. And at that moment, your sex was determined. At that moment, it was decided if you would be male or female. So it's not as simple uh, anymore. I mean, I saw a video on Instagram the other day of a woman Talking to Kristen Hawkins, who is a very well-known pro-life activist, she speaks on college campuses with Students for Life, and she was engaging with this young woman who said, you know, she said, I am um, a, a biological female, but I'm not a woman. This is the lunacy that we are dealing with. This is what is in our high schools, and you send your kids to high school, and they start teaching them pronouns and gender theory and all this stuff, and then you send them to a woke university, and they just put the nail in the coffin, and that ha this happens over and over and over again. But I want to focus on a couple of things. If we're people of the Bible, in other words, if we're people that believe that God's word is the absolute authority on all things related to life and godliness, which is what the Bible says, if we believe that we have a creator, then having a creator changes everything. God is the one who determines if there are more than two genders, and he has already determined it in his word and scripture cannot be broken. John 10 35 says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, then the transgender question, uh, if it is to yield fruitful responses in any of these areas, has got to start with a biblical understanding of male and female. And so the Bible teaches us that God created us male and female in his image. The first thing you need to understand is this is an attack against creator God. This is absolutely an attack against God. And transgenderism falls short of the glory of God because it, it is a lie on its face. And I, I read an article in the Gospel Coalition that I will link back to today because it's full of really great information for you. But they say that there are three big scriptural building blocks that lead inexorably to this conclusion. One is the gender binary. The Bible knows no other gender categories besides male and female, full stop. All throughout scripture, and you can read this, uh, you can, I mean, look it up for goodness sake, you guys. Uh, if you don't have a concordance, then get into Google and just type in Bible verses on human sexuality, Bible verses on male and female, and you're going to see over and over again that scripture operates 
in the binary categories of male and female. There are no exceptions. Someone will say to me, well, what about intersex? Yes, intersex is an, it's a chromosomal anomaly that happens. Some people are born with three legs. Does that mean that that's the norm? No, it's not the norm. The norm is two legs. And every once in a while, a chromosomal abnormality will happen and some will have, someone will have an extra thumb. Sometimes you see people born with two heads, right? That's happened. You've seen Siamese twins are born. There are all kinds, because we live in a fallen, broken world, there are all kinds of, of chromosomal anomalies which result in birth defects. Intersex is one of those such anomalies, but it's not the way we are supposed to be. This is a result of the creation groaning. The Bible says that the whole world is groaning under the weight of sin. But the answer to that is not to create a third lane for another sex. There is no such thing as non-binary. Someone cannot uh, cannot identify, well, they can identify, I guess, as an alligator if they wanted it to, but it doesn't make it right. And when we decided as a culture to get rid of the idea of objective truth, we have opened Pandora's box to all manner of wickedness. And when God created the first human pair in his image, he created them according to Genesis 1:27, male and female. Uh, far from being a mere cultural construct, which is what the world will tell you it is, God said that he created woman to be a complement to help the man. So God sees very big differences between male and female. This was God's idea. And so, as I said at the very beginning, this is absolutely an attack against the creator God. This is the enemy of your soul who is saying, look, I found another way to confuse human beings. Whenever you take God out of something, confusion always enters and perversion appears. When you pull God out, and I'm not just talking about sexual perversion, I'm talking about all manner of perversion, perversion in government, perversion in education, We have pulled God out of every sphere of influence that I can think of in the world around me. We've even pulled him out of many of our mainstream denomination churches. And whenever that happens, you take God out, confusion will always enter. The Bible teaches us that God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. And so when you see these young people struggling with their uh, sexual identity, with their gender identity, know that is an attack from the enemy. It's not the plan of God. Male and female are neither identical nor interchangeable. I'm going to say that again. Male and female are not identical and they are not interchangeable. When the woman who was taken out of man joins again with the man in sexual union, the Bible says that the two become one flesh. So dividing the human race, according to the Gospel Coalition, dividing the human race into two genders, male and female, one or the other, not both, and not one of them or the other is not the invention of Victorian prudes or patriarchal oafs. It was God's idea. This is a spiritual attack. The church should be at the front of this thing and not behind it. Uh, someone with respect for scripture is maybe going to say at this point, and I, and I thought this was a, a, a good point that the Gospel Coalition said. They said, I agree that God makes us male male or female, but you're confusing biological sex with gender. I know transgender Christians who desire to embrace God's design for men and women, but they also believe that God who created them does not, uh, to be, does not correspond with the sex assigned to them at birth. Listen, you guys, of course, there are people out there who are confused and they say, well, I feel like something else on on the inside. So maybe my body says that I'm a woman because I have female 
uh, body parts, female anatomy, but inside I feel like a man. And to that, I say, my heart goes out to you. Sex and gender are the same thing. If you feel that you are born in the wrong body, if you feel that your sex does not correspond with uh, the way that you your biological sex is not a, uh, conform with the way you feel that your gender should uh, should present itself, then something is wrong spiritually. Something is wrong mentally. This is not right. It doesn't mean that you were born in the wrong body. It's we're not saying that these feelings don't exist. We're saying that to validate them is actually injuring people. The same thing is true for someone who struggles with anorexia. Those, uh, someone who struggles with anorexia, she's going to be 98 pounds soaking wet, but she feels fat. So she, if you ask an anorexic, why are you starving yourself? They're going to look at you and with all the sincerity of a confused, mentally ill person, they're going to say, because I feel fat. Well, as my, as Ben Shapiro likes to say, facts don't care about uh, your feelings. We've got to stick to objective truth. We've got to stop saying that truth is subjective. And so uh, the Bible clearly states that uh, biological sex and gender identity should conform together in organic unity. This is why male and female are uniquely the type of pair that can reproduce. And it's why homosexuality, which is a man lying with a man or a woman with a woman, is wrong. It's why the Apostle Paul can speak of homosexual partnerships as deviating from the natural relations or natural function of male and female sexual intercourse, which is the only way to make a baby. And as we move down this road farther and farther from from, uh, the word of God and farther and farther from the truth that's in God's word, you're going to see more confusion. You're going to see more perversion. Uh, Right now we're talking about artificial intelligence and we're talking about artificial wombs and men having uteruses implanted in them. Resist this, men and women, with everything that's in you. Resist listening to these lies, resist the gender confusion that's being pushed on our children in schools. This is one of the main reasons why we have become so passionate here at Firmly Planted to help parents take their children out of these wicked institutions that are confusing our children. And that's exactly why they're doing it. I I have time for one more question today. Maybe two. Maybe I'll see if I can get to two really quickly. This person wrote in to say, if a non-binary or transgender person, first of all, I'm going to correct you. There is no such thing as a non-binary person. That is a mentally ill person who is presenting as a person of the opposite sex. There is no such thing as a non-binary person. There's no such thing as a transgender person. So when you tell me they've legally changed their name and what should I call them by, I will always call them by their given name. I will always, I am not going to call a male by a female's name, nor a female by a male's name. This is a slow form of suicide. These people are in such serious mental anguish that that anguish is translating into bodily harm. And God forgive us, the medical community is culpable in this. The medical community, including the corrupt, wicked CDC, which is now proclaiming that men can breastfeed women, which or men can breastfeed babies, which is a total lie on its face. We should reject these organizations, never listen to a single thing they ever say again, including when the next so-called pandemic comes around because they have lost all credibility. Last question. Thank you so much for your ministry. I really love that you're speaking biblical truth so boldly. Thank you, Paige. 
Uh, I know what you think about kids sleeping over at friends' houses, and I agree with you, but now that my child's getting older and since it's summer, I know many people are sending their middle school or high school-aged children to overnight church camps. What's your take on this? I would just say be wise. Uh, In fact, at the time of this recording, our daughter, Sailor, has just come back from our church camp. My son, Spencer, is the youth pastor up at that camp this year, and he asked if he could take his little sister up there. She's in eighth grade. And so I made him swear in his life that he'd keep his eye on her. <laughs> uh, I am, I, I would say, relatively protective of my children and where, where they go to camps. That said, um, a couple of my older kids had wonderful experiences at our church camp here in Camas, Washington. Um, Savannah, our daughter who's in her 30s, would tell you that she had an experience at a Christian camp, which literally changed her life. And she felt like the Lord really spoke to her there. And so I said to my husband when we were talking about this the other day, I don't want to be so afraid of something happening that was bad to one of my children that I keep them from having an experience that would otherwise be good. I I still think that sleepovers at friends' houses as a general rule are just bad because honestly, they just end up talking about things they don't need to talk about and we can see each other in the daytime. And when it comes to Christian camps, I would just say, do your homework, find out who's going to be in those cabins. Or maybe if you could, if you knew, and this is almost always how we've done it, our kids go to camp when I know who their camp counselor is going to be, who is going to be the adult in the cabin or what have you. And we've had good success that way. I would not send my kid to a camp that I did not trust 100%. And then at the end of the day, we leave our children in the care of the Lord, knowing that he cares about us. We want to do our homework and do what's best for our children. You guys, that's all I have time for today. I appreciate you so much listening to this podcast and sharing it with your friends. And if you've got a question that you would like to uh, get onto Mailbox Monday, just go ahead and shoot it to me at idstjohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. It's very easy, you guys. You'll find a form there. Please keep your questions short and sweet and to the point, and we will answer them. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith 